Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Spiritual Insights with Charlotte Spicer. Spirituality and Metaphysics Talk Radio. Featuring a course in miracles, dream interpretation, guided meditation, and the psychic and metaphysics free-for-all. It's your opportunity to consult with a professional psychic medium, discuss past lives, the chakras, and more. We are non-denominational, and there are no limits. Want to change your life? You must first change your mind. Mind. No matter your religious structure, cultivate peace in your reality through self-awareness with an authentic spiritual teacher. And now, your host, Charlotte Spicer. Welcome to Spiritual Insights, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in from the United States and around the world. Today, we continue our Masterclass Educational Series, Guidance from Spirit, Channeled Messages from Beyond the Veil, featuring Mother Mary. My special guest co-host, Danielle Gibbons, joins me each month to share her perspective on the chosen topic and brings Mother Mary through to offer her divine wisdom and grace to the community. Danielle has served as full-body channel for Mother Mary since 1994, allowing Mother, in her distinct voice, to share universal truths and lend guidance for the human journey. Danielle is the author of Mother Mary's Pathway to Love and has connected people worldwide with Mother's Love and Grace through best-selling courses, life-changing retreats, radio appearances, and online events to inspire individuals to awaken and expand their consciousness. To learn more and to join Danielle's community, visit BelovedPublications.com. Visit SpiritualInsightsRadio.com to subscribe to my periodic newsletter and receive important announcements about the show as well as to explore more divine teachings. Well, today, Danielle, Mother, and I will continue our discussion about how the world is changing in 2020. So I am anxious to get started. Let's welcome Danielle back to the show. Hello, Danielle. Wonderful to have you back. Hi, Charlotte. It's great to be here with you and all your listeners. I always look forward to this day of the month. (laughs) Me too. I really do. I'm not lying when I say that. It's like the second Wednesday here yet? So, <laughs> so I did something yesterday, and I would like to repeat that for all of the divine transmissions that we're doing, uh, all three now, and I want to dedicate this segment to Mr. George Perry Floyd Jr., and again, I want to express my gratitude to him and to his soul for his service in this lifetime and his sacrifice, and his willingness to go through a lifetime like that and create such a a catalytic event so as to create a revolution and forge change in a world that has been woefully unequal for the longest time. And so truly we are in fascinating times and as, as frightening as it is, I see the beauty of that transformation, though it may be painful, 
but I um, I will hold this individual dear to my heart for the rest of my life, I believe. So there's that, Mr. Floyd. Thank you, Charlotte, for doing that. That's beautiful. And uh, I could not agree with you more. When everything began, um, it started with horror and and yet it became for me a feeling of euphoria. It was the same feeling when the kids uh, just flooded the streets uh, for gun control, when the women marched, uh, and now uh, Black Lives Matter. People, it was, of course, the movement was here for a while, but for people to take to the streets in such numbers, and we keep breaking records. You know, the kids, when they went to Washington, they broke the record. First, the Women's March, you know, they broke the record. And just in these last few years, and so now we've broken records again. People, you know, coming out and, um, and finally, finally saying, not only is this not right, but there we're demanding change. And that's, that's the mm -hmm. difference, you know, that's the difference because we can sit around and say, oh, this isn't right. And we can wring our hands and say, oh, you know, it's so terrible and isn't this tragic. But to start demanding change, to break the cycle of apathy, which I feel is ultimately the worst corrosive energy in any a person's life individually or collectively as a society, but Absolutely. to break that apathy and say, we need to change. And um, I, I find this extraordinary. I, I, of all my life that I've lived my life, I think, um, and I, I have to say it, but since President Trump got into office and there has been this spotlight of transparency that has lit up at least this country. I can't speak for other countries because I don't live in other countries, but I, you know, in the United States, I feel like we are finally um, willing to get honest about what is. Yes. You know, and not continue the, 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 rhetoric and the marketing, really the marketing campaign of how we want it to be or how we pretend we are. Exactly. But how we believe it to be. About, yes. And to, but to face what is and how we really are. This is my bliss. Like this makes me so incredibly hopeful in ways that I don't think I have been for a long time. Yes. Since this all started, and since the outcome was something that a lot of people didn't expect with the election, I mean, I had to have some very long conversations with Yeshua about it, and he shared with me where this is going and emphasized how he is steering the ship and that we are to trust. And he said, someday you will come to appreciate him very much because of what his demeanor will expose and that's what mm -hmm. this is all about it's about as we've been talking 
for a long time now. Transparency, exposure, inequality, humility. And this is kind of debriding the wound so that it can begin to heal. And so these things are necessary and that's why he was chosen. And while, you know, I don't often express personal opinions here and I won't now, I do feel obligated to express my appreciation for the process that we're going through and the beautiful way the divine has arranged it so it can unfold in such a way. And even to the, just the past two weeks with the riots and the unfairness and the dominance that's been displayed by people in uniform against civilians. And now this is truly we the people rising up. It's an uprising and it's going to be extremely fascinating, but I also think frightening because transformation can be painful. But all is in divine order. And that's what we have to cling to. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, and I think the most painful part, um, and this is just my feelings and, and about the nature of any systemic problem, you know, the, the, the most painful part will be with people like you and I who are white, you know, because we are the ones that have to look deep and see the systemic racism that we live every day, the white privilege, you know, all of that. Yes. And we have to give it up. Like we, like we're the ones that have to give over. We have to surrender this power through dominance that we have held collectively for, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years, hundreds of thousands years. of years. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is the deeply like the wrenching part of us having to go without whatever it is we're normally used to having that we just take for granted and that we just don't even realize we take advantage of every day by, you know, the, the just the day in day out stuff that we do, that we participate in, that we think that we speak, you know, it's, it's, um, it, that's the nature of something that is systemic. It's like woven into the fabric yes. of our existence. Right. And so we're the ones that have to unravel. And that is painful. Like we have to come apart so that we can be put back together in a way that is healthy and balanced and equal. Yes, right? I agree. So it's yeah and and people who are of color have been holding the the pain you know they have been perpetually going through the pain holding the pain suffering all of that for hundreds and hundreds of years yeah and while we've really gotten a a, a free pass and so i see the shift in the shift in that pain, like we're being asked to carry some of it. And I don't mean in an unhealthy, like, oh, take it on and integrate it and have more things to suffer for than we do on our daily lives. Of but course. it's a matter of that 
it just is. The pain just is in our society. And it's time for us to, um, to carry, to help carry, you know, that, that burden until we can resolve it. Um, and that, I think, once you start carrying that burden, oof, that's when things start changing because you are all of a sudden exposed and you are feeling the pain that has been there the whole time. You know, once you, once you leave unconsciousness and you become conscious about something, there's no going back. That's right. You can't undo it, right? And that's where we're headed. And I have yes. been so grateful for the courage of people of color sharing stories yes. that have helped to wake me up and shake me out of my own apathy mm-hmm. and my own systemic racism that I, you know, while it just, it just is, you know, mm-hmm. it just is as a white person, it just is. And man, that has been, uh, yeah, difficult. But now there's no going back, right? Now, you know, when, the, when the awareness comes, when the consciousness comes, I can't, I can't, right. I can't not know now what I know. Right. And, uh, and that's how things change. Absolutely. I want to share a little something about my life. I don't think I've ever shared this on the show before. Uh, First, I want to say, yes, we need to share in that burden, but it's kind of like not taking it from them, like you said, and, and carrying it on yourself. It's getting yeah. in there and helping to lift right. it with everybody. Like, everybody grab a hold, right. almost like Paul yes. Bears. Let's everybody, do, let's everybody do this lift together. this up. Exactly. And yeah. Yeah. Um, I am willing to do that. In my life, I have been very sensitive to the issue. One, because I'm a sensitive person and I, and I could feel things like that. And I would ask my mother about it. And in my household, as crazy as it was, literally crazy, that wasn't there. You didn't say the N word mm-hmm. in my house. Several times I asked my mother, and once I noticed, like, wait a minute, it's okay for domestic abuse, but you don't ever say that word in this house. And I was grateful for it. And, but I asked my mother one day, I said, why is that? Did something happen to somebody? She didn't really have an answer. I think something happened. The truth is that I have had uh, black family members since before I was even born. In the 50s, in the 60s. Uh, my aunt's husband uh, was a person of color. That was my uncle Bernie. And so... I could only observe kind of from a distance, you know, the things that people went through and I would feel for it. And there was, if there was an opportunity for me to knock it down, if, because you know, white people, if they see you're white and they start talking, thinking you think like they do. And I shut it down immediately. No, you don't talk that way in front of me. That's, you're not doing it. I've ended friendships over this not too long ago. Um, after eight years, someone just started speaking freely. And I said, no, you got to go you know about my family anyway so i had my uncle bernie i have uh two nephews and a great nephew little manny and i worry about them all the time being in new jersey knowing full well what the police force 
can behave like having grown up in Philadelphia and having police tell me their private thoughts. And then I'm, I'm good at doing porcelain face. And then you go, really? And you just let them talk and you get their number. And I know what they think of people of color. So I worry about my nephews. I don't want them getting hurt. That's my family. And so I guess I'm willing to step in and do my part to help create uh, a level playing field and give people opportunity and uh, whatever they want to do to chase their dreams. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness belongs to all of us, not just the privileged. And um, I am so thrilled to see this finally arrive because do you remember the first time you came on the show? And in that transmission, mother was, she's like, oh, I'm so excited. I said, you're excited? She says, yes, we're coming into an era of equality. And you, she was bristling with excitement. Yeah. And I said, oh, she says, yes, gender equality and something else. And I was like, race, racial equality, mother, you know, that too, right? And, oh, yes. Um, but it was apparently in steps. <laughs> but yeah, I remember that day clearly. And I'm just so glad it's here. So. Very yeah. true. Very true. It's time. It is time. It's past time. And um, but I th I believe that you and I are witnessing the end of an era and the era of uh, you know the white male dominance. Yes. And that is um, that started hundreds and hundreds of years ago in Europe. You know, and it just spread out all over the world, all the colonies and, you know, because that's what we in the United States were. We were a British colony. Mm -hmm. So everything was built on about, you know, the, the white male supremacist from the religious standpoint, the wealth, building wealth, the, the political standpoint. And, um, you know, we are not the only country in which slaves were used to build wealth and it was uh yeah because the it, they had abolished slavery in england a long time ago but they allowed it to go on in their colonies hence so we built this country uh, well slaves built this country yes there's, there's no other way to say it they're just you know they are responsible for the wealth of this nation mm -hmm. and so yeah, it's a, it's a long, long, long period in history, and it's ending. Yeah. Not tomorrow, but it is on the way out. It's and you more, and I personally see a big part of, for me, is with voting and, um, you know, trying to get more people in office who reflect the demographics, the actual real demographics of this country. Right. And the real beliefs of the majority of this country. And mm -hmm. so that's what I, I would like to focus on. Um, and I'm in the process of, I don't have a lot of money to give, but I'm in the process of figuring out which, um, which organization I'd like to give my money to. And uh, I'm, I'm appreciative of, of people who are sharing these organizations they do and why they exist. And so that helps me to figure out, you know, where my money is, uh, is best given. Um, 
and just more and more just being honest with myself. I think that's one of the best ways I can, I can change because that's what our lives are all about is change, mm -hmm. you know, on a spiritual path. That's the whole point is change. It's a constant evolution. It's a constant transformation. And instead of dreading change, I welcome it. Like this is, it's hard to look at. It's hard to see myself as a racist because I so want to say that I'm not. I so want to say, oh, but yeah, oh, but I, but I like this person. And, but I, but the truth is that as a white person, I can't escape it. I mean, I was brought up. Oh, I see what you're saying. You know, okay. It's just, it's woven into who I am, but I can change that. I don't have to wait for other people to change before I change. Okay. You know, I can take a really hard, long look at my own beliefs, my own fears, my own apathy. I think for me, that's the biggest component is my apathy. Wow. Um, Experiences. And my, do what? And, and, and your experiences. What? came to you as a result of this construct and the conditioning that you had, which is, sounds very different from mine, even though I was in it and around people, I, I knew at a young age and I know it, it helped because I was given a set of dolls. There were five dolls and they were all from different countries like France, England, one was Dutch, one was from Africa and one was from who knows where. But they were all dressed differently. And I asked my mother, what is this? She said, well, people are just people. They all live in different countries, wear different clothes and speak different languages, but they're all just people. And that stuck with me. And yeah. then being so entrenched in A Course in Miracles, I see everybody as a child of God. It doesn't matter. We're, we're all brothers and, and sisters. And I do as well. Yeah. And I do as well. But, um, and I'm so grateful that my parents uh, did not uh, we're not racist, okay. uh, are not in respect in the overt, uh, you know, the horrors you hear of the way some children are raised, that kind of indoctrination of white yeah. supremacy. I did not grow up in any of that. Um, I'm talking about what I'm learning now by reading the articles and, and watching, uh, you know, people share and talk, uh, you know, for example, of course, I knew that uh, young African-American men are often harassed by the police. I've known that for a long time, unfairly, not, you know, not because they're doing anything wrong. They're just driving their car or whatever, you know, and, and when I would be asked for my license and registration, they're asked to get out of the car and they're handcuffed, you know. Totally. Unbelievable. There's a, there's a, I've known about stark that. stark difference how we're treated. Absolutely. Oh my God. It's, it is like night and day. And, but what I didn't realize is that uh, I've been listening to a lot of African-American women talk mm. about having very similar experiences. And I'm sort of, my mind is like waking up like, oh my gosh, this is not just relegated to like a small group of mm. the African-American community. This is you know, and that's why I'm talking about my apathy. It's, it is broadening my view in such a way that I have not realized the, the extent of the problem. And mm -hmm. I have not recognized the extent of my complicity 
by just being apathetic, you know, yeah. and not talking about it. That and silence. Not expressing it. Not, absolutely. So. Silent complicity. Yep. And that is at the heart of what I am, what I'm recognizing because I too, I agree with you. I mean, my whole life is about spirituality and I, I personally do not look on people. I love differences. It was my favorite thing when I moved to New York and there was so much diversity. I loved it. Yeah. The way people dress, the languages, the cuisines, the music, the, I just everything. I yeah. loved it. I could not get enough. I just would walk the streets for hours and hours, just people watching. And I made amazing friends in that city uh, of every color. Me too. Every race. It was, yeah, it was just a phenomenal experience. And I kept that going in my life, mm -hmm. but I never stopped to really understand what these people live with day in and day out. You know, when, when they see the police sirens in the back, they, they think I'm going to die. I don't think that at all. I just think, Oh God, this is going to make me late. You know, it's like, Oh, I can't believe I, I totally got hear you. you know, now I'm gonna, can I afford mm -hmm. the, the, can I afford the speeding ticket? Can I, um, uh, <laughs> I never, ever, ever, not one for one minute am I afraid of for my life. Yeah. And watching these people share these stories of being terrified, terrified for their life and with mm -hmm. good reason. I think, how do you leave your house every day? What kind of courage does it what, take? What kind of courage does that take? Or, yeah, or to, to let to your children leave the house. But I guess. Especially if you just happen to have a, a, a 15 year old son who is already 6'2, right? Look at like, Trayvon Martin. Let him leave the house. Yeah, Trayvon Martin was minding exactly. his own business. And I think about Sandra Bland all the time. I can't get her off my mind. And I'm so angry. Yep. She had just gotten a new job, a new apartment. She should be enjoying her life right now. She should be happy. I think about her all the time. It's crazy. But, well, thanks to George so, Floyd, that man changed the world. And so we'll find he ways did. to contribute He's other than by silence. You know, we can't contribute. Yes. Our contribution cannot be silence any longer. Exactly. That's, yes. That's what I'm coming to confront within myself. Right. And it is, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for the opportunity to grow Yeah, because, uh, you know, I, I don't know what I don't know, but once I know, then that's my opportunity to live my life differently, to do things differently, um, to, uh, to listen and learn, mm -hmm. you know, and not pretend that I know that I have all the answers or, Oh, I'm not prejudiced or I'm not, you know, it's like, well, wait a minute, just stop and just, why don't you explore? You know, I used to, I just, I don't pretend to know anymore. Yes. I just try to listen and say, is that me? Is there some of that in me? And if there is, what can I do about it? You know, yeah. how can I change? I just thought of a friend of mine 
she's an author. She wrote this excellent book about her grandmother being the descendant of slaves. And it's called Quilt mm. of Souls. And the woman's name is Phyllis Lawson. But she, um, it was such a great book. It'll, it'll make you smile and make you cry. And so I want to recommend that to the listeners. Again, that's Quilt of Souls. And I think I'm going to get in touch with Phyllis and say, I think now's a good time to have a talk. And, and see what, if she'd like to come on and express herself. I think that's a good that idea. That would be wonderful. That yep. would be wonderful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very timely. Okay. Well. All right. Shall we? <laughs> Shall we begin? Yes. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Let's hear what she has to say. Um, we're talking about how the world is changing and how to match the world's vibration. Oh, so hopefully we did a, a nice job of building the segue for her. I hope we get another All right. A. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on just a minute. All right. Thanks, Danielle. Hello, beloved one. Hello, mother. It's lovely to have you with us again. Thank you, my dear. It is wonderful to be here with you and all of your glorious, wonderful listeners. Mm. Oh, mm, indeed. So today I'd like to talk about um, the upheaval that is happening in your societies, right? Okay. So I want to say that this is a wonderful time for all of you because it gives you the opportunity to wake up and stay awake on so many different issues. But here's an interesting thing. You, had, you have this virus, right? This COVID-19. Mm -hmm. And following uh, the guidelines of uh, your uh, scientists and uh, medical people, the community, that you were to stay home and to do these certain things. So, uh, so what happened is, 
we turned on the burner and then we closed the lid on a pressure cooker. Mm-hmm. Yes. And all these weeks, everyone is sort of marinating in fear. What's going to happen? Uh, everyone's losing their job. Um, the economy is crashing. People are dying horrible deaths by this virus. Am I next? Is my loved one next? What's going to happen? Stay home. Maybe go out. Don't go out. What to do? I, all this, mm-hmm. everyone's marinating and saturating in fear. Mm. And then a few things happened and some of those things were caught on video and the one that was um, the most powerful was our beloved beloved soul that gave his life, Mr. Floyd, who commands all the respect and love that the divine has to offer. Because he is what you could consider a true martyr. Indeed. Not the kind that, not, I'm not using the term that people throw around in emotional or psychological circles, but a true um, martyr for love. The people that stood around and filmed and were unable to help because of the guards around the experience. Mm-hmm will never be the same. They are changed forever. And the people that were brave enough to speak up or to film, to share the film with the world, their lives will never be the same. They are changed forever. Every person that has watched and witnessed this film They are changed forever. What happened there? Because, yes, you've had video before, the body cams from police. It's grainy and hard to see exactly what's happened. But this was filmed with your, some of your best technology, right? Yeah. And you can hear what Mr. Floyd is speaking. You can hear what's happening. You can see. All your senses are engaged. And so your lives can now be marked from before the death of Mr. Floyd Mm -hmm. and now after the death of Mr. Floyd. And because everyone was able to see very clearly, to hear clearly what was happening, 
the pressure exploded. All that fear and pressure that had built up during the pandemic lockdown exploded because you all said, I cannot stay inside and stay silent anymore. Oh. Because uh, the experts were still saying, stay inside, don't go out, don't gather. Well, okay, we go from 10 gathering people to 25, but no more than that. But the people say, no, I will not use that as an excuse to stay silent and complacent anymore. Right, yeah. That I am willing to risk my life. Yes. To get the virus, to die from the virus, to say no. Right? So there was a line that was created by his death that you crossed as a collective. It's like the spark that ignites the world. And so now there is a very, very important energy that is set free by this explosion. And that energy is the energy of true equality, right? Not equality as it is designed by one group of people. You see, that's what has been happening for a long time. And it's happened throughout the ages, right? There are empires that rise and fall thousands of years, the skin color changes, the religion changes, uh, but it's always the same thing. Yes. Kneeling on the necks, the necks of those they consider inferior. Yes. So it was not just the death, but the way he was killed. The way his life was taken, that is the literal enactment, the physical manifestation of the energy of repression. Yes. Right? Yes. And it wasn't just him. Yes. It was collective on, on the one man. Yes. Yes. Everyone had their knee on his neck. In that moment, everyone was Mr. Floyd and everyone was the man who took his knife. Everyone. Mm-hmm. Right? You are both. Okay. So, yes. You have to feel You have to feel and think your way through this. 
because now that the explosion has occurred, the energy of equality is going to rise up. And whether people like it or not, or want it or not, they are going to be forced to give way. Right? Meaning yeah. that a lot of the old structures that have put in place to raise one group above all others, mm -hmm. that is going, that foundation is crumbling. Yeah. And it is wonderful. But here's what you all have to be very careful about. Very careful. You have to be willing to have deep honesty around true equality. Because if you don't, you might make some changes, but then what can happen is another power structure comes in to fill the vacuum. And then you're back where you started whether it's a, a religious organization or a certain race, a different race, right? It's sort of like uh, you create another imbalance. Right. This right. is what happens over and over again. And generally because of the original imbalance between masculine and feminine. Thank Right. Yep. So as you move through all of this, you want to keep in mind that true equality is based on respect, honor, and love. Mm. So to dig deep inside and find that respect, find that willingness to honor, to love, to find common ground and not allow a power grab. Now, I don't mean that the African-American community is going to make a power grab, but you have to remember that there is an enormous amount of wealth in your world concentrated in a very small group of people. Mm -hmm. And they're not so interested in who's in charge, what color their skin is, as long as the wealth continues to flow, right? Because there are plenty of people in that group who have varied skin colors. Yes. Not right. all white people. Right. Mm -hmm. So be careful that as you look to change, that you are also addressing some of the institutions that had kept this repression in place for so long. Mm -hmm. And one of the biggest places is the distribution of wealth. Now, I am not talking about 
um, sort of pie in the sky with communism where everyone gets the same amount of money for everything they do. No. But I'm talking about a very well thought out system that is not just in the United States, but is all over the world. A system where wealth is placed above all else. And there are very, very intelligent people who very, very much want the power that wealth brings, who have been manipulating systems of equality all over the world in order to maintain that position of wealth. And that is one of the biggest ways that the African-American community in the United States is targeted, right? So you take opportunities away yes. to uh, build wealth and then uh, always then there is that systemic poverty and lack of education, education, lack of opportunity, right? right. Uh, yes. And the worst way in which people of wealth then say, oh, well, we're going to sweep in and we're going to save you and we're going to give you this opportunity and that opportunity. But you can't make your own opportunity. You can only um, take the opportunities that we distribute to you. So there is that constant uh, energy of superiority and inferiority, mm -hmm. right? Yes. So we, with the wealth, we are going to design all the systems that everybody has to operate in. And we are going to dole out the opportunities. But if you try to create your own opportunities, we're going to create regulations and systems that repress that, that yes. don't allow it. Right? Mm -hmm. So this has been going on for thousands and thousands of years. Right? Right. It's what your country was built on. Mm -hmm. When Danielle mentioned this, uh, that your, the wealth of your country was built on slavery, this is not just uh, metaphorically, this is reality. And when your nation was born, when you finally broke away from England, mm -hmm. Britain, these things were discussed to say we just spent a lot of money on this war and we cannot abolish slavery because we need more wealth to build our country if we want to become a powerful nation we have to have wealth and so who better to continue to build it for us than slaves wow Right, so these yeah. are actual plans that are discussed in the back rooms, behind the scenes, 
These are systems that are put in place to continue the flow of wealth and the status quo. I see it. So as you start to march and speak out and and change and vote in a way that might reflect that change, try to keep in mind, beloved ones, really try to keep in mind that you are going for the deeper level of equality. And I'll give you some examples, right? Okay. So if you are a person who considers yourself um, you might have, uh, maybe you're an accountant and you have a few children and you have a marriage and a home with a mortgage and uh, two cars and uh, you live somewhere in suburbia in, in the United States. And you were to all of a sudden get in the elevator with uh, Oprah Winfrey, right? Yeah. There, yes, there would be a feeling of, ah, oh my goodness, this is Oprah, and she is all that, she is everything, she is so important, and I am not, right, not as important. I see. Mm -hmm. Or if another celebrity that you love got into that elevator, right, ah. Right away, you are elevating them above you. They are worth more. Uh, maybe you feel that way about a scientist. Uh, maybe you feel that way about an astronaut or a president or a, a mm -hmm. senator or a prime minister or yeah. a queen or a prince. I right. think in terms of inequality every day superiority and inferiority yes that if someone and the worst place that you feel it every one of you regardless of your skin color is wealth yes mm -hmm. you believe deep in yourselves that wealthy people are more worthy because you have made wealth your God. You have made wealth your higher power. You have made wealth your greatest ambition. And this is not every single person on the planet pursues this, but it is woven into the fabric of your being. And it's everywhere on the planet, not just the United States, not just uh, poor countries, not just uh, wealthy countries, it's everywhere. That somehow the wealthy people have figured out a way to truly be superior. And that is what needs to change drastically, beloved ones, drastically. And so during this time, you may not have the luxury 
of apathy anymore. You may not have the luxury of only focusing on your own problems, your own issues, your own fears. But you are being called to broaden your gaze, to lift your eyes. Right? From always looking at your own life, expand your vision. And you don't have to then ignore your life and go out and be a political or uh, environmental or quality activist full time from this moment forward. But you do need to continue to wake up. and educate yourselves. I'll give you a small example. When everyone is saying Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter, and then someone uh, comes back with, but all lives matter. Mm -hmm. That is such a hurtful thing to say because as you and Danielle spoke of earlier, the vast majority of people, particularly in this country, they are not afraid of the police. They do not live in fear of the police. And they are less likely to be killed by the police or beaten by the police or eventually incarcerated with a system that is geared towards superiority and inferiority and repression, right? Mm -hmm. So saying that all lives matter is sort of like saying, oh, the sky is blue, right? It's obvious, yes, that in the bigger context of global life and the world, all lives matter, which is why governments and people made such an effort to flatten the curve and stop transmission of the COVID virus because mm -hmm. people care about other people. Right. That is obvious. But this movement is about that systemic racism. So right now, the focus on Black Lives Matter is essential to the growth of all this energy that has been cooking and has exploded and that was implanted into your planet, into your collective thousands of years ago. Right. Now is the time. So to utilize the movement of Black Lives Matter, to actually stand beside each other and say, yes, Black Lives Matter, because for so long they haven't. Right. Do you understand the difference? I do. So be careful with your reactive speech. Think before you post on social media. 
Think before you speak. Educate yourselves. Even if you have uh, an African-American partner or child, or in your case, a family member, mm-hmm. keep educating yourself. Broaden your gaze. And just know that you don't know. That you are open to learning. You are open to listening, to be an active listener. Right. And if someone is expressing their pain and their hurt, just give love. This is not the time for you to tell your own stories mm-hmm. or to uh, insist that you are not racist. Now is the time to say, I'm so sorry that you live like that. I stand beside you and I give you my love and I honor you. For your courage. Mm. Beautiful. Indeed. You are all in a time of awakening. Let yourself wake up. Because there is more going on here than your finite mind can truly understand, but your heart and soul, they know, they get it. Let them have a greater part in your actions, in your decisions. And please, beloved ones, watch for apathy. Watch for getting just into the routine of your life. Read a book that you would never read before. Listen to someone you would never listen to before. Start looking for information. Right? Because you are all a part of a sort of marketing campaign that's been going on for hundreds and hundreds of years. So a small example, police are arresting more young African-American men and incarcerating them through a system of injustice that uh, places more young African and Latino men in jail. Yes. Or crimes that uh, what their white counterpart would either be dismissed or with a fine or community service or, or right? So then, then you start to think, wow, there are a lot of African men, young African American men and young Latino men in jail. Hmm. They must be more violent. They must be more problematic. They must be uh, gang members or whatever the belief is, right? Because 
you don't stop to think, wow, maybe the system is rigged. Maybe from start to finish, there is a systemic problem of injustice within our judicial system mm -hmm. and our policing system. It's so much easier to just think, oh, they're just more violent or they have so many more problems, right? Rather than do the research and find out why. All you would have to do nowadays is just Google. Why are there more young African-American men in jail than white men? And you will find an enormous array of facts not fantasy how we want to be, but what is. Mm -hmm. Right? So this is all about waking up to what is. And it is glorious, beloved ones. Painful, growing pains are always painful. That's why they're called growing pains. Mm -hmm. But when you get to the other side, it is wonderful. So keep asking yourself in prayer, in meditation, what can I do today to be a part of true equality? And we will show you. We will show you. Mm -hmm. There are a number of examples that can be given. One that comes to mind for me is that there is a woman, she was a homeless African-American woman. And I, and I must comment that it's only just recently that I've even gotten comfortable using the words black or white. They're so opposing to me that they made me uncomfortable, but I'm trying to embrace it and, and look at it a different way. Anyway, it was a, a homeless woman with a, with a child of around six or seven years old. And she wanted to give her child a better education. So when she took to register him for school, she put a friend's address in a different zip code so that he could attend that school. Somehow it was found out. That woman was sentenced to five years in prison for lying about an address, and they took her child away. These two actresses, Felicity Huffman, I, I like the, the person as an actress, but she did something far, far worse and was only sentenced to 14 days. And so this is one of the best examples of really look at what's happening. Don't turn a blind eye. Exactly, exactly, beloved, exactly. But if you are going to make systems and rules and laws, then it is vital that they apply to everyone equally. Right. And if the people that are hired to enforce those laws and rules and guidelines cannot do that, then they need to be in different jobs, in different careers, right? 
but you have one set of laws for people of color and one set of laws for uh, whites. They look the same on paper, but they are not the same at all. Mm -mm. Absolutely. So the next time someone, uh, famous person gets into the elevator with you, just notice your reaction. Or when you see a wealthy person that has physical beauty as it is defined today, that changes all the time. Different generations. When you feel that, oh, they are better than, really go inside and feel, what is that for me? Why do I put that on them? Right? So you're not just denying yourself equality, you're denying them equality. Mm. Okay, yes. It works both ways. Yes. So if you see them as superior, you are throwing them out of balance in the energy of the collective. I see. But if you see them as equal and you admire their art or their intelligence or their gifts that they uh, have been called to give to the collective, wonderful. If you want to celebrate them for that, Wonderful, but don't make them superior to you. That is where everything goes wrong. Okay. Does that make sense? That makes beautiful sense. All of this does. It really um, pulls back a veil, so to speak, mm -hmm. to take a much deeper look into this. I think we're all seeing, hearing, thinking, and feeling very, very similar things. Um, but this really puts it in perspective. And another thing that I noticed about the situation, and, and many people have, it's not just me, is the football player, Colin Kaepernick, where he would take a knee when the national anthem was playing. And he began, in, in a way, he kind of began this... Uh, energy of pushback and it was by taking a knee yes. and he is biracial and now it ends with another knee and like you said I love the way you said this was the like the embodiment of all that energy was this action um, there's a question in here somewhere what would you like to add to that scenario of it beginning with a knee, ending with a knee, and what is, uh, hopefully this will exonerate Colin and that it will be worth his fight and sacrifice? So when you see this as, and this is a very clever uh, connecting these dots, beginning with a knee and ending with a knee, you can really feel the difference behind the energy of the movement that uh, Mr. Kaepernick began 
because uh, he was embracing that very time-honored, peaceful, silent protest. And there was an enormous amount of courage that went into beginning it. And it was wonderful because it stirred up so much controversy, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. And the irony, of course, is people that said, oh, you have to stand for the national anthem. Actually, when you kneel uh, from a spiritual standpoint, it has much deeper significance. So actually to kneel during the uh, national anthem is to honor what the, uh, what the country was supposed to be founded on, right? Right. All men are created equal. Right. And they are all endowed with their inalienable rights and all of that, right? So in actuality, he was honoring the uh, national uh, anthem much more than standing, right? That's interesting. And so, yes, but uh, the knee, of course, on the neck, as we already spoke of what that represents. Mm -hmm. So his movement was a spiritual movement. It was a spiritual um, outpouring from his soul, from his heart. And um, yes, he will be vindicated, but not in the way that people think or even he thinks. He has a calling that, um, yes, he's just um, discovering his calling and finding his stride. Okay. But he is someone that um, your culture has been waiting for for a long time. Mm -hmm. Okay. He is a fascinating individual. Yes, indeed. Mm -hmm. All right, beloved one. All right. Thank you, Mother. This was amazing. I love you all. I'm with you all. And just let me hold your hand when we shine the light on your own shadow so that you can bring love and compassion to yourself and to others. Mm -hmm. Thank you, beloved, always for inviting me to your wonderful show. I love you, Charlotte. I love you too, Mother, and thank you for always showing up to the invitation. <laughs> All righty. Namaste. Namaste.
Hello. Hello. Oh, goodness. I need I need to find new ways, new exclamatory phrases other than wow. <laughs> That's all I can ever say is wow. I guess it fits. We'll keep it. But wow. Oh, my, yeah. my goodness. Wow. I did not expect her to go in that direction. She always surprises me. I tell you, even after 26 plus years, she always <laughs> surprises me. I, it's so funny. I thought, huh, redistribution of wealth. I did not, I did not see that one coming. But as she was talking, I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I yeah. can see it. I and. Can see it. Uh, the way you said, and, and she pointed that out, the way you said, you know, this country was built by slaves. And, and one other mm -hmm. point, and so, and so that was actually so appropriate to what she wanted to express. And then at some point, I forget what you were talking about, but I started to see, oh, in my mind, I was thinking, oh, yes, and don't forget the leveling out of feminine and masculine. And I'm seeing yeah. a lot of pictures of men hugging like um like a protester hugging a policeman of opposite races and mm. and as i look at that i'm like oh yeah the, you know balancing out balancing out i just neglected to bring it up because i get our my mind starts to swirl when we talk you know yeah yeah and she mentioned it you know the the that yeah. uh i'm glad she did disparity because it's yeah, when, when that's out of balance, when that one thing is out of balance, everything else just continues to stay out of balance. When she talked about, you know, not having a power vacuum and then, and then filling it with just another, you know, it's, system. it's like yeah. when the, yeah, another system that doesn't really work. Um, and some countries have been able to successfully make that switch over, but Russia, not so much, you know, when the, when they took down the Tsar and the, they created a whole new government, it was like a nightmare from day one. These poor Russian people just, oh God, it's just a nightmare. They just, you know, went from one, uh, yeah, way worse. That just uh, was the, the birth of Stalin and, oh my gosh, just horrific, horrific, horrific. So that's, a, that's something that is important to think about. You know, as if we're dismantling things, how, how are we going to put them back together? And, and whom are we trusting to put them back together? Yes. Um, mm -hmm. That's really important as well. Um, I heard a, a news report that there was a, a town in New Jersey, southern New Jersey. And I can't remember exactly the town. It's escaping me now. But they had such a problem with their police force. They dismantled the whole thing and rebuilt it from scratch like they disbanded the whole police force and they rebuilt they redesigned it and rebuilt it from scratch i was like oh my gosh that's that's, that's amazing <clears throat> yeah yeah and with and with that racial inequality in in mind because that was a big problem and and also listening to reports about how the police because of wealth inequality yes right mm -hmm. 
and people wanting to keep all their wealth, all what gets cut? Social services for the mental First health, thing. Mm -hmm. uh, for the homeless. Also, now it always falls to the police. So the police are policing um, people who are mentally ill, the homeless, the you know things that are problems that are not. They should not fall under their jurisdiction. Mm -hmm. And it's like whenever there's a budget cut with a city, oh, well, the police will just take care of it. It's like, no, that's not what they're there for. That's they're, not their job. You they're, know? And they're so, neither personally nor professionally equipped to handle those things. Exactly. They're not trained. They're not educated to deal with that. They're just expected to. And so that has to change for sure, because it's just like what she said about the, you know, you're making a celebrity superior to yourself. Well, you know, you're not just, you know, hurting your own self with that inequality. You're, you're making them unequal too. You're putting that hurt on love them. That. And so you know, we have to, look, yeah, we have to look at what we've done to the police or what we expect of them so that we can have more TVs and, drive nicer cars and have a little bit, you know, just not pay as high a taxes so we can have more money to go spend at Target. It's like, you know, we're, we're, I think the party is over and I, I have to say I'm, I'm glad of it because I did not like this party and I have not really been much a fan of it for a long time. And this level of excess and not taking care of the people in our community the way they need to be taken care of. Um, Absolutely. So I, for one, am glad that this particular party is over. And um, yeah. You know who um, I'm. You know who I'm particularly impressed and uh, proud of, impressed with, and proud of. Uh, he was doing daily. He does daily briefings. I was listening to uh, President Cuomo. Excuse me. I mean Governor Cuomo. Governor Cole. Yeah. Um, and the way he was saying, we can't go back. We have to go forward. What we have to do is reimagine what it's going to be going forward. This is the perfect opportunity. The whole city that never sleeps is shut down. We can reimagine the subway systems. We can reimagine the way people work the emissions that go into the air. Now that people are working from home, I, I think I brought this up with you. Like, let's, I'm curious to see how it unfolds when companies realize how much money they saved yeah. from so many people working at home. And he said it. And I was like, yeah, yeah okay. So it's yeah. like Cuomo gets it. And, and he did such a, a, such a fine job with hold, holding space for everybody in such a way and his honesty where he's, I don't have the answer to that, but I'll find someone who yeah. has it. And, but let's reimagine because we can't go back. And I was like, how does, it's interesting that a politician could probably sit down between the two of us and have a conversation. Like, right. On that level. Yeah. So yeah. that was really cool. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. And I, I think really more people it. like they're all waking up and it's time. Yeah. <sighs> I do hope you're inspired to do the things mother talked about, researching um, inequality, racism, whatever you feel drawn to, uh, reading books that you may have never read before. Remember, uh, before we uh, brought mother through, I recommended Phyllis Lawson's 
Quilt of Souls. It is fabulous, and I wouldn't recommend it if I didn't love it. So, BelovedPublications.com is the website you want to go to to learn more about Danielle, Mother Mary, and their classes, events. Online events are exquisite, and SpiritualInsightsRadio.com is where the archives live. I hope you'll join me there, and don't forget to sign up for the newsletter. We have more announcements coming up. All right, Danielle, thank you so much for your time, your wisdom. Love having you here. Thank you so much, Charlotte. It is my joy to be here. Thank you so much. All right, everyone, that is our show for today. Until next time, God bless and be at peace. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.